0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, we're so excited that you're joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. And today we're going to take a couple of questions that people um, sometimes ask us. We have a Q&A resource on our website, and I hope that you have gone to our website at rejoiceministries.org and you've looked at it. Um, if you go to resources, right under that tab, you can find it. We have a lot of the most common questions that people ask us written out there with answers um, about topics like cheating or forgiveness or intimacy, prayer, your prodigal standing, a a variety of topics. But today we're going to just go through a couple of questions um, that may not be there and just talk through some of the things that we see people asking us. So I hope that this is a help to you.
1: We love to hear your questions, and we love to answer them on our podcast
0: Yes. So while we wish we could literally sit with each one of you and have a cup of coffee, I would have a Coke Zero because I don't like coffee, but...
1: (laughs) I would have two glasses of water. (laughs) Yes.
0: So we would sit with you while you have coffee, but answer these. um, But this is our way of being able to connect with you. And we understand that the journey of marriage, the journey of standing for a marriage that may be broken, the journey of being married, it's, it's all a process and a learning process. And it's something that you will always be a student of learning. You never in marriage or in standing get to the point where you say, I know it all. I don't need to ever gain any more knowledge. I don't need to seek the Lord anymore on this. And so, you know, be a person who's constantly learning from other people and learning, you know, what God says about things, and hopefully this will help you do that today.
1: I would really recommend um start a plan of reading the Bible and you can take it slowly, but think of what you can accomplish in 6 months, 1 year or 2 years.
0: Let's talk about that for a minute because the purpose of reading the Bible, you know, some people can think, oh, I did my devotion time check. Okay, now I'm going to sit here and wait for God to answer my prayers and to do things my way. And I did this spiritual obedience, and I should see instant results. And that's not what the purpose of time in the Word is. It's the purpose is to get to know Jesus
1: better. And and there is teaching from the Old Testament to the New Testament right. through the New Testament with all the different writers of the Bible. And you will, the more you read it, the more you will hunger and thirst for it.
0: And, you know, right now it's, you know, September. We're starting back to school in many areas. And it's a time where many people start new habits and new things. And so you may realize that maybe the way you've been reading the Bible— hasn't been as effective. Maybe you've been just trying to read it chronologically, or maybe you were trying to just read um, you know, through a certain devotion book. If you feel like that you're not getting a lot out of it right now and you close up your time in the Word and it feels like, well, I didn't understand any of that, and I don't know what God's saying to me, then maybe it's time to mix it up. And you can do that. There's not one right way to spend time in the Word. One thing I found recently is an app called Five Psalms, and every day it sends you five different psalms. And so I have an alarm set on my phone, and at a certain time of day, it'll go off as my reminder to just stop what I'm doing and to go read these five psalms. Recently, I started a program through a blogger where she was taking a group of her readers through the Bible in certain chronological order. So you were doing chunks of the Bible chronologically, and... Just changing up how I'm looking at the Word is just bringing it to light differently. You know, the Bible hasn't changed. The stories haven't changed. You've read about Jonah. You've read about Job. You've read it 20 times. But God can still bring things from Scripture to you that are so fresh and make it new when you spend time with Him. And don't just open your Bible and say, okay, it's my time to do my duty. But before you do, pray and ask God Please show me how you're going to speak to me, and then quiet yourself, and then write out questions based on what you read. Um, Write out things that God showed to you, and don't be afraid to just study a verse. For me, that drives me crazy because I think, oh, well, more is better. So if you read a chapter, that's better than reading a verse. But I had a pastor say recently that he literally had been studying like five verses of the Bible for, I want to say it was weeks. And I thought, what are you doing with five verses for weeks? But what he was doing was really dissecting it and going back and really understanding those five verses. And so I think that more is maybe not always better. It's better for us to slow down and ask God to speak to us through his word and Ask Him to give you a fresh revelation from His Word, that it looks new and fresh to you when you spend your time with Him.
1: And may I suggest that you cross-reference these scriptures. Um, And if you do, you will go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is where you can grow.
0: Explain how to cross-reference for someone that may not know what that means. Well,
1: you have to have a cross-reference Bible, which maybe you may not have.
0: Or you can use the internet, and you can also cross-reference it through um, websites like Bible Gateway or Bible Hub. You can do it there if, if you don't have it available to
1: you in your Bible. Bible Gateway is what I use, and it I love it. But you can cross-reference in the Bible. When you see a scripture, you can um, cross—I'll use the cross-reference, and you can go deeper and deeper into, like you said, one chapter— or one verse, and it'll take you down into uh, much more that you right. ever expected. It'll, and may I suggest that you have a book that's a journaling for when you read the Bible. When I read the Bible and I do cross-reference, I write different notes that I see and and what the Lord reveals to me or opens my eyes to. Then I uh, cross-reference and mark it down so I can refer back to it if I want to, because it will bless you.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to just dig deeper into Scripture, and you know, as people ask us, you know, how can they um, understand the Bible better and and hear from God more? You know, He speaks to us right through His Word, and so if it feels like it's stale, those are just some good tips to help you
1: um, as you look for a fresh word. And the other uh, suggestion that Lori and I always will have for you is, have you started doing scripture journaling that we do monthly with a different word each month? That really magnifies different topics.
0: All right. So that's one way to have a fresh time with the Lord and to um, feel like you're spending time and growing, not just checking off that to-do of reading the Bible. Um Sometimes people will ask us, How do I handle feeling go- like God's not answering my prayers? And, you know, recently someone wrote and said, I feel like God has moved so many mountains recently, and I felt like reconciliation was so close, but now it feels like the enemy is taking back ground. And I feel like this would be an Abraham story that God was going to provide a way out at the last minute. So I'm feeling discouraged. And what would you say to somebody who's feeling like God's not answering their prayers?
1: He's always right there with you, and you may not see um, always that him immediately answering your prayers. But if you read Saturday testimonies, I've I just um, worked on Saturday testimonies yesterday, and oh the, the the stories and the testimonies that people have in there. Is talking about how bad or how good it is, praise reports of how God is moving, and they're finally speaking to their spouses after a long period of time, or uh, the other woman or other person has been removed. So I would read Saturday testimonies for encouragement, but you— n- need to know that God speaks in so many different ways and he is always moving in your life. And Saturday testimony shows a very good example from other people to give you hope and encouragement for what God wants to do for you also. Open your eyes, which is what I said in the Saturday Testimonies. Are you opening your eyes to everything? Don't, don't be negative. Say, Lord, speak show me, reveal to me, and tell me what I need to do.
0: And I think it's realizing that God's timing is not our timing. We talk about that a lot. Um, We have an agenda, and we want things done in our time and in our way. And so when you're going through a season of waiting on God— it is waiting on God. It's not manipulating His will. It's not manipulating the timetable. It's waiting on God, and um, you know, in Psalms you can read about David how he asked God for help and for wisdom and and for direction. And Psalm twenty-seven, um, starting in verse seven, it says, "Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud; be gracious to me and answer me." You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father, my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my enemies." give me not up to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. And that Psalm in the beginning, and starting with verse seven, David is sounding desperate. Hear my cry, O Lord, like why have you turned your face from me? And by the end of it, he's preaching to himself and saying, wait for the Lord, be strong and wait for the Lord. And that's the hardest thing that I think we do as believers is waiting on God's timing.
1: Lori, I totally agree. Waiting is, I think, our, our, our men and women's hardest thing to do is looking at the calendar and seeing the months and the years.
0: It is having faith, and that's what it is. You know, right now we're both sitting on chairs, and neither one of us tested our chairs before we sat down. We assumed that these chairs were going to hold us up. And it's having faith that either we believe and trust that Jesus Christ came to die for our sins and that he has gone to prepare a place for us that is not of this world. And so therefore, this world is not our home. And so we have to stop living as if this is the end-all, be-all. This is such a small snippet of um, eternity. And we will probably, every person, go through difficulties in our life. And the Bible doesn't say anywhere that, you know, we're going to be spared from that. The Bible says you will face hard things, but Jesus has overcome the world. And that's where we can put our faith. Um, Right now, my family is going through that. For the past many months, my daughter, who's a senior in high school, has been struggling with um, an illness, and it's been in and out of the hospital and in and out of doctor's offices and doctors trying to figure out a diagnosis and a treatment. And she's tired and weary and, and you know, not questioning anything out loud. And I keep saying to her, you know, do you feel like God has forgotten you? Do you feel like he's not answering your prayers? Because our prayer is, Lord, heal her today. Heal her tonight but that's not what God's done over the past few months. Over the past few months, he's allowed us to walk through this journey and to walk through this trial. And so we are trusting him for his timing. And the other day, somebody sent me a text and thanked me for something that I had written about what Ashley is going through. And this person's not a believer. And I said to Ashley, you know what? I know it's not easy to go through what you're walking through, and you are the one who's suffering. But just seeing that this person is starting to recognize Jesus and his ability to carry us through difficulties shows us that when we're going through hardship, we can be such a testimony to people around us, to believers and non-believers. And I think that's what Jesus can get out of hard times. And so while you wouldn't have probably chosen the hardship you're going through, God can use it for his glory. And are you willing to let him do that? Are you willing to be the vessel for him?
1: I mean, when Bob was gone and was planning a wedding, I had to stand firm on what the Lord told me to do and believe that nothing was too hard for God to do and that God could bring Bob back home at his perfect timing. Right. And
0: we know that that the Lord is able to heal and restore and to turn the heart of prodigals to him. And we also know that This life, we're not guaranteed to always have answers to prayer. You know, if you read through Hebrews 11, we see by faith mentioned so many times in Hebrews 11 and examples of people who didn't have what they prayed for on earth seen with their physical eyes. In Hebrews 11, verse 13, um, it says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. And I think that's so important. You know, people get so wrapped up in seeing what we want that we can lose. The focus of what Jesus wants. This was just lived out recently. A friend of ours recently died of cancer, and she had been standing for her marriage to be restored for many years, and she did not see her marriage restored before her death. But what she did see is that until the day she died, she was a witness to her husband and to his girlfriend day after day after day, even through her cancer and her terminal diagnosis to the point where her husband and this other woman were helping to care for her. Now, that's not the picture that she would have painted for herself, and she wanted to see her marriage restored. But what God did in the end days of her life in healing her relationship was such a witness for her husband and for that other woman. And I don't know what the future is going to hold for them if they're going to come to the Lord now and if he's going to finally repent of what he's done to his family. But I know that she left behind children and grandchildren that saw Jesus lived out.
1: Her forgiving her husband and the other person throughout everything.
0: Through it all. And nobody can tell you your marriage will definitely be restored this side of heaven. We can't say that. We don't know that. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We might not be here tomorrow, but we know that Jesus does not make any mistakes. And if we know that and believe that, then we can trust the process. And it's not easy. I'm walking through it right now. It is not easy. Listen, I've had some Good conversations with the Lord and some begging conversations, and I'm sure you have as well. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What is happening? But if we're trusting Christ, then we know that he will work things out. And ask him, say, Lord, I need I need faith. I need um, belief. It reminds me of the passage of Mark 9 where um, the Bible verse says... Um, Lord, I believe. And then the next phrase is help
1: my unbelief.
0: I mean, talk about an oxymoron. Like (laughs) he didn't even take a breath. And he was like, Lord, I believe. Oops, actually, no, help me because I don't believe. And that's the way we can be like, Lord, I want to believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. And so if you're struggling because it feels like God's not answering your prayer, he can handle that Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief prayer from you.
1: Lori, while we're in um, talking about Hebrews chapter 11, um, I opened my Bible, and it says in Hebrews 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and that sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart.
0: Right, that's that's your prayer. That should be all of our prayers that we will run the race that God has. He makes no mistakes and he is in control And, you know, I hope that you get indignant and stop giving in to the lies of the enemy. In your Bible journal that my mom talked about, you know, when you do your devotions, go through and start studying what God says about you in the Bible, like who he says you are, like you are chosen, you are loved by him. If you were the only person to be on this earth God would have still sent his son to die for you. And so don't believe the lies that start filtering in your mind when you're struggling and saying, you know, there's no hope. My husband's never going to come home. My wife is never going to change. We have seen people after people after people change. And it is shallow faith that says... There's no hope for this situation because I know the God that can move, that can part the seas. I know the God that can instruct people to turn from their sin, that can change Saul into Paul, can change people today in 2023.
1: And let us remind you that God wants to use you each and every day, wherever you are, to people around you. You want He wants you to pray for those people that you are work with and that wherever you go, if you see somebody and, and they attract your attention, you see a couple arguing, say a short prayer for that couple to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, we've talked about this
0: before because it's like um, one time you were in the car and you said, seems like there's so many white cars on the highway. And I was like, well, now we're all looking for white cars. Of course, we're going to notice white cars everywhere. And as a person standing for marriage restoration, as a person that's aware of the struggles in a marriage, you're probably hypersensitive to seeing people around you that are hurting. And I'm the same way. Like I feel like I can spot a couple that is in struggle 20 minutes before they realize they're having a struggle. And that is a gift God's given you because he's allowing you to walk through this with him. So let him use it for his glory.
1: It's going to a restaurant, and you see a couple with two little children, and nobody's talking. I'm not going to ever know them again, but God showed me that couple, and I say, Lord, have them come to know you, get to church, and and grow in the Lord. And that's a short prayer, and I'll never see that couple again, but God used you right there.
0: Yeah, so— trust Jesus and hold on in this season you know and um he doesn't make mistakes so trust trust what he's doing in your life in this process um another question that people will sometimes ask is can our marriage be restored if my spouse is still in contact with the other person
1: well i say positively yes Because Bob was planning a wedding with the other person, and literally he drove down two hours from where he worked to my office. We ended up going to lunch, and later that afternoon, we got remarried. It went that fast, and there was no—I was not expecting to get married that afternoon.
0: Restoration is a process, and on our last two podcast episodes that we did, we talked about the process of restoration and how it starts sometimes very slow. And even when your spouse is home, it still may be a process. We know people who have had a spouse move home not because they wanted marriage restoration, but because they financially needed a roof over their head or they needed you know, a couch to sleep on because they were falling under hard times. But when the two of you are working on your marriage together, there's not room for a third person. And that is something that you will both have to work towards, and it will depend on the state that your spouse comes home in. You know, I'm thinking of Greg and Missy. We have their testimony on um, a past episode that you can go listen to, but when Greg came home, for example... He didn't come home out of love for Missy and wanting to restore their marriage. He came home because he was desperate and said, this is this is where I need to be right now. And so in that case, you might have a spouse who may still have some contact with another person. But when you're actively working on healing your marriage, there's no room for that other person. And that's something that together you need to work to set up the boundaries, in your relationship, you guys had an agreement that if there was any contact or any sightings or any interactions, there it would be reported. It would be discussed.
1: And there was for about three to six months. She kept knocking on the door of right. many different ways to keep trying to see if she could entice him back down. And Bob, every single time, Our counselor said, you have to tell Charlene immediately.
0: Right. There needs to be a level of transparency. And, you know, listen, as married couples, you can figure out what your transparency looks like in your marriage. But in my opinion... It's all open on the table. There is not a secret bank account. There's not a secret credit card. There's not a secret email account. There's not a text. If my husband wants to pick up my phone, he can pick up my phone anytime and I pick up his phone and nobody asks a question. So there should be between a husband and wife that level of transparency. And that might not happen on day one that restoration happens. And it might not happen as you're working through that restoration process. But that's where you should strive to get to be because you don't want the the secrets that may have led you to that place. Now, another area that you could be walking through is if your spouse has fathered or mothered a child with another person while they're away from home, obviously that other person is going to be involved in your life for the rest of your lives. And you need to come to an agreement on how that will be lived out and realize what that means. And for a season, it might mean we've seen people that handle it where um, the wife is the communicator to the other woman and the husband does less of the communication in the beginning. And so where it pertains to that child. So that is one way that it has helped. Or we've seen other people where the husband and wife will be communicating together. If they're meeting up with the other man to go pick up a child, they both go together. And there's a way for God to restore it and have you be able to parent that child and to love that child, even though they were born out of sin. Their life is not a mistake. And so there's a way to get to a healthy pattern of relationship despite the other person being in your
1: life. And don't forget that there are children that are born out of wedlock, and you've got grandparents that are trying to be involved with these children also, and that you have to honor all of those situations that are going on for the next several years forever. It's not neat
0: and tidy always, and sin is not neat and tidy. But again, just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, what an opportunity for you to be the hands and feet of Jesus to possibly another whole family who is not saved to say, I don't love what happened with you and my spouse, but I know that Jesus loves you. And now you get to live Jesus out in front of that person. And our prayer, and hopefully your prayer is that that other person would come to know the Lord. You know, we've seen that happen before where... In their whole family. Right. Where there's, you know a prodigal that goes home and then their sin is finally revealed to them. They understand the depravity of what they did. And we see people that come to know the Lord and God can break down and heal those relationships. And so that's, you know, we say all the time, pray for the other person. They're not the enemy. Yes. What they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is sinful, but pray that their eyes would be opened
1: And pray for their marriage.
0: Right, because many times there's another spouse that's been left behind just like you. So you might have other contact. There might be contact with another person while you're working on the marriage. A friendship, a, a private contact should not be happening. But just know that there are situations where you will have contact with another person, possibly sometimes for years. But don't ever doubt what God can do in in your life and in these situations. And just just like we spoke about, you know, waiting on God to answer prayers and watching Him what He's going to do. He can change hearts in His timing, and He can change the lives of people. And He did not stop being on the throne and performing miracles and and changing lives. And so, don't give up on Him. It's the world wants us to give up on Jesus. The world wants us to to think that he is the God of yesterday. He is the God of the Bible and that that he's not doing things today that he did then. And he is. He's healing and restoring and transforming people. And be on the lookout for that around you. When you're looking for it, just like we were looking for all the white cars on the highway, when you start shifting your perspective from the negative to the positive, where you're looking for what Jesus is doing in your everyday life, and you're looking for what He's doing in your spouse, then you'll start noticing it.
1: it. It will be amazing. Even as as Lori says, September is starting and school is starting. Even when your children have to start studying, you know they have to apply themselves, and that's what we're saying. Ask God to change you this fall, and and pray for start praying now. For God to move mightily in the holidays.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope that we answered some questions that maybe have crossed your mind. If you have others, go check out that um, Q and A section under resources on our website. And if you have a question that we can answer, um, you know, we cannot contact everybody individually as much as we try to really do that. Um, you can use the contact us on our website and submit a question, and we will do our best to get it answered for you.
1: Have a blessed week.
0: If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.